Ingleside. It's good to be in God's house, amen? Amen. amen. I feel like I'm a little nasal in my voice and a little bit raspy, so uh, don't be afraid. I'm COVID-free. I do have a uh, throat lozenge. I don't even know how to say that word, but I have something in my mouth, so if I shoot it out into the first or second row, I'm sorry. <laughs> With that being said, I'm also supposed to encourage you in your just faithfulness. And let me say it this way. Faithfulness as followers of Christ, right? We want to bring all of the tithe into the storehouse. Now, here's, here's what I want to say about this. It's really three things. It's your time. It's your time. Okay? Giving God the first of your time. Sunday is the first day of the week, and we tithe our time. We come and we worship Jesus together. Can I get an amen? That's so amazing. Thank you for being here. Thank you for setting aside this time to worship the Lord. It's the first, first hours, literally, of the week, and we love that, and we want to encourage you. We also, in, your, in the area of your talents, we want to just encourage you to serve. If Hillside is your home, we have a place for you to serve. And if you'd like to know more about serving, let us know on one of those communication cards because we want to get you on a team and get closer to the family of God right here at Hillside. Amen? Amen. How many of you love being served? Go ahead and raise your hand if you love being served. Oh, you knew I was going to say you're the volunteer crew <laughs> to start serving. Amen. All right. And then just in, in your treasure, be faithful to the Lord. Be faithful to the Lord. Amen. Amen. We don't pass the plate. We just encourage you to be obedient to God's word. So with that being said, let's ask God's blessing in our giving of ourselves to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you and we give you thanks. And Lord, we're asking that as we bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Lord, it's our, it's our time, it's our talent, it's our treasure. Your word says where your heart is, or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Lord, we want our treasure to be in the kingdom of God so that our hearts will be fully here. Lord, help us, and may you be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said a hearty amen. 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 Well, we're going to have a video in just a moment, but before we do, two scriptures that came to my mind, and these are great scriptures for us to have in our hearts, hidden in our hearts. The Word of God says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 that we ought to be offering our lives as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord, for this is our spiritual worship. Right? It's our whole life. It's our whole life. You have 168 hours this week. All of them belong to the Lord. And so as we dedicate our lives to the Lord, uh, may he receive all of those moments, every minute, every moment, as worship unto him. And the second one I want to read to you, it is in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It really is out of last Sunday's sermon, and it's the segue into the video that we're going to watch. First of all, Romans 12.1, and a life offered as a living sacrifice, Abigail Hayes. A life offered as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. What she is doing and what God has enabled her to do and put her on a platform is worship unto the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. Now this scripture for all of us, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Glorify God 
in your body and in your spirit. Can I get an amen? There's a sermon in that, and there's a testimony today. Will you turn your attention to the little video that we have, and then we'll have our guest be uh, joining me up here on stage in a few moments.
Amen. Hillside's homegrown. <laughs> Miss Oregon, yay. Well, it is a distinct pleasure to have the Hayes family. They have been a part of our church literally, I mean, really from week two at our house all the way up to today, ministering and loving on and helping us fulfill the mission that God has called us to. And so we have special guests with us this morning. Truly, we have two very special women, um, the 1980s Miss Portland and the 2021 Miss Oregon, and of course, Hillside's very own Pastor Dennis. So I'm going to invite the Hayes family to come on up here and join me on the stage. Two weeks in a row, celebrate. Hey, let's give it up for these guys again. Way to go. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So if you don't know them, uh, you should and you will. Pastor Dennis, Jill, his wife, and Abigail, their youngest daughter. And Abigail is now recently crowned Miss Oregon. So yay and exciting. So I'm going to ask Pastor Dennis, will you pull that microphone? And... Jill, up, you'll see up on the screen some photos from back in 1980 and then some more recent photos. And so, Jill, you, get, you can see them on the screen over in front of you oh, here, here. But, Jill, I want to just start real quickly with you because uh, I don't fully know the story. And I just take a moment. But uh, where were you in relationship with the Lord when 1980, I mean, in 1980, some of us wouldn't know because some of us weren't born in those days. I was born in those days, and I remember those days. But I can tell you, Jimmy Carter was the president of the United States. I think interest rates were over 20% for mortgages, and we were just embarking on the Reagan era that was right around the corner. And so, Jill, tell us where you were. Tell us where your heart was and all of the exciting things associated with Miss Portland. Thank you. I would love to share my story, and I'll keep it little. I... Um, started piano lessons when I was eight years old, and I was a, an avid Miss America fan. So I'd watch Miss America, and during the commercials, I'd go practice the piano, because I was going to run for that one day. I went, I left Eugene, where I'd grown up to come to Warner Pacific College as a freshman in 1976, and I gained the freshman 15. Then my sophomore year, I gained the freshman 15. And then my junior year, there was almost another freshman 15. So um, I found myself a little bit chubby. Uh, and all the way through Warner, I had this fantastic, gifted piano professor. Mr. Lehman was an absolute, I can't say how gifted this man was as a teacher and as a pianist. And I squandered his time. I would maybe practice a half an hour a week. And I'd go into the lesson and I would hope and pray that he would want to have conversation instead of me playing for him. 
And so my junior year, I prayed, and I said, and, and I, want, I want to say this. I love Jesus. Jesus had changed my life. My sophomore year of college, I'd gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I will never be the same again. And um, so my junior year, I prayed. I said, Lord, I want to lose some weight, and I, want, I don't want to squander Mr. Layman's time. So it was the summer, just going into my senior year of college, and Miss America is back on. I'm sitting it in my apartment, watching it, and I had two thoughts. I could do that, but I don't have the discipline to do, lose the weight. And secondly, I don't have the discipline to practice the piano. That would be my talent. So the very next day, I was in my car driving down to see my oldest sister uh, in Lebanon down by Albany. And I was just worshiping and praising God. And... The Holy Spirit, clear as a bell, said, you are to run for Miss Portland. And I said, Lord, is that you? And the Holy Spirit said again, you are to run for Miss Portland. And uh, it was a journey that changed my life forever. I told my piano professor, at that point, talent was two and a half minutes. He gave, and I just trusted God with Mr. Lehman that he would pick the right piece. Amen. The first two pieces he picked, I learned them in a week, and I knew they weren't the right pieces. And he would say, nope, that's not it. I'd come back the next week, nope, that's not it. So this third week that I came back, he said, I've got the piece for you. It's the hardest thing you've ever played. He said, there are maybe 10 people in the city of Portland that can play it. And then he says, and I don't know if you can do it. <laughs> and he was setting the hook. And I said, ooh, I'm going to do it. And so it was like it was like, wow, in my heart, I'm like, I'm going for it. I went from half an hour a week practicing to three hours a day. Wow. That's how hard. It was a Chopin etude in C-sharp minor. It, it's a piece that concert pianists play. It's that difficult. And so three hours a day, six days a week, it took me months to master that piece. At um, Miss Portland, which was in April, I had conquered it, and then when I ran for Miss Portland, or for Miss Oregon, I was given the um, preliminary talent winner with that piece. But I, I do want to say this. There were, it was a wonderful experience, um, but it was a huge, huge, huge disappointment in my life. They told, at Miss Oregon, they had told me, with your talent, you can be in the top ten at Miss America. And... When I didn't win, I, I, what had happened, I butchered my interview. And I was out because I lost it in the interview. And uh, so when they called my, didn't call my name, I was absolutely broken. And one of the sweetest things that the Lord did, when Abigail was crowned Miss Oregon, here was a young woman on that platform that Dennis and I were invited to go up. She had tried since she was 18, I believe, and now she's 25. She can never try again, and she's the first runner-up again, and she's got tears in her eyes, and I said to her, I understand. I said, I was on this platform. I understand what it feels like, but God doesn't leave us there. If we will walk with him, there's something far greater that he keeps doing, so that's, that's my miss. Portland story. So there are sermons in several things that you have said there. 
and I want to preach, but you didn't come to hear me this morning. <laughs> so Abigail, let's turn our attention to you for a moment. Abigail, I first met Abigail, this is like 17 years ago. No, it was, yeah, 17 years ago. And uh, I think she was three years old. And something very unique about Dennis and Abigail, they share the same birthday. And when I discovered that, I thought, well, how unique. Myself and my daughter, we share the same birthday also. So our youngest daughters, we share birthdays with. I'm like, hey, this is a match made in heaven. You guys, come join the church. <laughs> then Dennis and I are both left-handed. I'm like, hello, that's confirmation, right? And so, but Abigail, <clears throat> I remember you came in my house, and um, you were there for a couple of services, and right away, you had some affinity for my wife. You loved her hair. She would pull her hair over. She says, I want Kim Morris hair, Kim Morris hair. Kim Morris was a single word. It's just all one. And she would just, Kim Morris hair. Anyway, but the cute thing is, and I tie this in because you even saw in the video that as part of Miss Oregon, you received a $10,000 scholarship in one of your interviews. You said that uh, they asked kind of next steps for you, and you indicated that you wanted to go to law school. And I thought, well, how apropos. Because at three years old, every time she would come to the house or we'd have some activity, she would take Kim by the hand, and she would walk her over, and she said, I'm putting you in jail. <laughs> so who knows? You may be putting people in jail or taking people out of jail, but it, it was really, really cute. So Abigail, you. Your life has been dedicated to the Lord, and it's been, it's been fun to see you grow in, in just as a human being, beautiful on the inside, beautiful on the outside, and a life dedicated to Christ. So I'm just going to invite you to tell us your story. Mom, do you have the microphone? Why don't you share the microphone, and, uh, and will, you, will you just tell us your story? Absolutely. Um, first of all, I would like to formally apologize to Kim Morris. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lock you up in jail anymore, I promise. Um, wow, yeah, I mean, just watching that back and listening to my mom's story and, I mean, looking at you all, so many of you I have known since I was so little and started going to this church. So, I mean, a big, huge thank you to Hillside Christian Fellowship because I know for a fact I would not be here without you all. So, thank you so much for the impact that so many of you have individually made on my life. And, um, I mean, yeah, there's one of the photos that my mom has a very similar photo in the same spot in Seaside, which is just so cool to see um, the legacy. But there were a few things my mom said in her story that I wanted to touch on, how she mentioned that her teacher um, didn't know that she was only practicing 30 minutes a week sometimes. But my mom was my teacher, so she knew. <laughs> and I'm thankful that she pushed me to work hard and never give up. Um, so, yeah, I mean born and raised here in Oregon, and just like my mom said, she grew up watching Miss America, and because of that, me and my sisters also grew up watching Miss America, and same thing, watching it on TV, running back and practicing the piano, and just imagining one day being on that stage, but really thinking that's just a dream, something that might not ever happen. Um, so a little bit about the Miss America program. A lot of people ask, oh, so are you going to Miss USA? So Miss USA is the beauty pageant. Miss America is a scholarship program, and it's actually no longer called a pageant. It's a competition. And it's the largest scholarship competition for women in America. And they enable with you with so many life skills that you will carry throughout your entire life. And I mean, going into it, I really was just curious. How are these women going to be? And like my mom mentioned, the first runner-up, um, this was her second year receiving first runner-up. And she is one of the most gracious 
humble, kind, intelligent women I've ever met. And this really is the characteristic that I see across all of the women across the board. Um, so my story, <laughs> becoming Miss Oregon, it's just, I mean, watching that back, it's been one month as of yesterday, and it's still surreal. It's just something that I never really imagined could truly happen. Um, so in 2020, um, I decided that I wanted to run for the title of Miss Portland. And in order to get to Miss Oregon, you first have to win a local title. And it had always been my mom's dream that one of her three daughters would run for Miss America. And I decided, you know, I really think I should just do it. I felt like God put it on my heart. And so last year I had prepared, I had practiced my piece, I had been studying up. There's four phases of competition for the Miss America program. There's your private 10 minute interview and they can ask you tough questions. They can ask you literally anything they wanna ask. They can ask about political things and then they can ask you, describe yourself in one word or why did you decide to wear your hair natural? So you have to be ready for that. You have now, so talent was two minutes and 30 seconds, two minutes when she competed. Now it's 90 seconds. And then you also have on stage a random question, which is a continuation of the interview. And then finally you have your social impact initiative pitch. So I had prepared for all of this in 2020. I was ready to go. I had nerves, but I was so excited to finally do this after so long. And this was the exact same week that our entire country and the entire world decided to shut down. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess this is just maybe not for me. And the year went on and my mom was like, Abigail, you have to run next year. And I was like, it seems really amazing, but I mean, we'll see. So the next year, this year, 2021, I was driving back with my sister from Seaside. And as I was driving back from Seaside, which is actually where I ended up about three months later as Miss Oregon, I was driving back from Seaside and I got a text from the Portland director and she said, Miss Portland is on and we really want you to compete. So I decided to sign up and immediately I knew that God was telling me, compete, you're supposed to compete. And I tell my mom and she's so ecstatic, like she said, she just truly wanted this for her daughters. And again, it was something that I was like, this is amazing. I mean, this is a scholarship program. I had been talking to my parents about potentially selling my car because it needed new tires and all these different things and I needed to pay for college. So I decided to compete at the Portland Scholarship Competition. And I finally got to do my talent that I had waited an entire year to do. I got to do everything that I had been waiting so long for. And at the Portland Competition, as I started singing, I realized that the microphone wasn't on. And I was just like, oh no, the judges can't hear me, but they decided the judges could hear you, you don't get to do it again, and that was that. And it came down to the end of the show, and they announced the two winners, and it was Sophia Takla and Allison Burke. And I was given, <laughs> I was given a, little, a little prize, it was Miss Congeniality, but I was like, <laughs> I don't get to go to Miss Oregon, but thank you for thinking I'm nice. <laughs> so I was kind of defeated, and Something about me is I feel that I have imposter syndrome. I will do something for a long time and still feel like it's maybe something that I don't deserve. And I kind of sometimes I feel will put my heart halfway in because I might feel I'm not good enough to achieve something and then I'll say, oh, well, I didn't try hard enough so that's why I didn't win, when really it's just me cheating myself. And something about before the Portland program is I was watching Facebook Live from the comfort of my home and I was watching Hillside. And once the service had finished, the next thing came on, and it was Deshauna Barber, who was Miss USA. And she said, in life, you will receive 100 no's before you receive one yes. And she said, do not be terrified of the no's you will receive, but instead be petrified of a yes you have prematurely destroyed due to quitting before the clock is struck 12. Wow. 
And that was something that totally stuck with me. And then I went to Portland and I failed. And immediately I forgot all about that speech. And I was like, <laughs> whatever, I fail. <laughs> and God brought Taylor Ballard, who is now Taylor Crawford, into my life. After the competition, she came up to me and she said, I don't usually do this. She, yes. So she says, I don't usually do this, but my name is Taylor Crawford. It used to be Taylor Ballard, and I was Miss Oregon 2018. And I just want you to tell you that I know that you were made for the Miss America program and that you could one day be Miss America. And I was kind of like, oh, thank you. Like, I mean, she doesn't really know me. So, and she was like, can you just Facebook me or something? I want to connect with you and talk to you and tell you my story. She said, I lost my local competitions the year that I became Miss Oregon. I had to go to some random open and then I won there and I became Miss Oregon that same year. So I kind of pushed it aside and the next day I had a text from Taylor. She wanted to FaceTime me. So I FaceTimed her and she convinced me as well as my parents. They said, you really should give this one more chance. And I knew that I needed to give this one more opportunity. So I went and competed at the Tri-Valley tournament, the, or competition, the next weekend, and I became Miss Emerald Valley by the grace of God. <laughs> and something that's so cool is my mom before Miss Portland, she gave me this little, this little necklace, and it has a crown on it, and it has a little plate that says Abigail Hayes, and you flip it over, and it says Daughter of the King. And right. something that I would do before every competition is I would put my headphones in and I would listen to my worship music and I would always play the song who you say I am yes. and I knew that no matter if I walked away yes. with a crown or not that I had a crown in heaven and Amen. that it didn't matter if they said I was Miss Portland if they said I was Miss Oregon I knew that I am who Jesus says I am Amen. and Amen. I'm a daughter of the king so I Taylor came along and I said Taylor I won so now you have to be my mentor because you have to have a mentor and she was the most amazing mentor I have ever had and Taylor also loves Jesus, which is something that's amazing. Praise and God. she's always told me, you know, Abigail, if it's supposed to be your time to be Miss Oregon, you will be Miss Oregon. And she said, God will make it happen if it's supposed to be your time. And so weeks of preparation and Zoom and mock interviews, talking with people she competed with who were um, like Miss Louisiana, Miss Florida. And they all shared with me their stories, how they also had lost different competitions and were able to come and win a state title. So... After lots of preparation, and again, like I said, I needed, well, just keep this in mind, I needed new tires before I went to Miss Oregon. <laughs> and I constantly need new tires. I don't know what it is. But, so I took my brother's car to Miss Oregon because my parents wanted to make sure that I would get there safely. So I went to Miss Oregon, and I was so excited, just an amazing time. And something about me and something my director said right after I became Miss Oregon, when they were packing up my car, they said, you're not a pageant girl. And they're like, I can tell by the way you pack. And one of my favorite stories is we were walking on the beach at Seaside. A lot of the girls decided, we just had a little bit of free time. And a lot of the girls decided to go just decompress and take some time. And I was like, I want to go to the beach. So I had my sweatpants on, an oversized hoodie, no makeup, and slippers. The other girls I'm with are dressed up. They have their makeup done, their Miss Oregon shirt, their jeans. They look all put together and lovely. And, I mean, this is just me. And... We're walking on the boardwalk in Seaside, and this Miss Oregon is a huge deal in Seaside, and this man stops us, and he's like, no way. Are you guys, are you guys competing for Miss Oregon? And we're like, well, I didn't answer, but they were like, yeah, we are, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, my, this is amazing. And he hands me his phone, and he's like, can you take a picture of us? <laughs> <laughs> and my friends, I was like, oh definitely and they were just laughing as I'm taking the photo and they're like you know what would be so funny if you won 
competition week was amazing, and I mean, something the director said is just to have a good time and really take away what you can because, I mean, there were 18 of us, and she said, 17 of you will drive home without a crown, and it's a long drive home if you don't have a crown, and you also had a bad time. So the whole time, I really was just enjoying this competition and meeting all these amazing women. And, um, gosh, I'm trying to think. There's so many different little stories and things that I could tell you guys about. But it came down to the final night, and the entire week I had just been praying and seeking God. I would go and get Dutch Bros in the morning and listen to my worship music. Mm. And it came to the final day, and I also was um, the preliminary talent um, award winner, just like my mom. And, and evening. And evening, yeah. Um, and so it came to the final day, and it was just like, this is literally it. It comes down to this. And... As they called me for top eight, and then we go and compete, and I finally got to do my talent, as you all saw, and I just felt that God had given me every opportunity, and I felt that he really just enabled me to do the best that I could. And like my mom said, it really does come down to the interview, and I felt that God gave me a great interview. I felt comfortable. I was able to communicate who I really was and just relax, and I knew either if the judges liked me, I would be Miss Oregon, and if they didn't, that was that. And my mentor texted me after we had competed in everything, and it was intermission. So literally what was going to happen is after intermission, we walked down in our dresses, and we would know who was the next Miss Oregon. And she texted me, and she said, Abigail, if it's supposed to be your time, it will be your time, and God will make it happen. So as we're about to walk down, we, I can see the stage, and I just kind of paused for a moment. And I looked at the stage, and I was just like, God, if I'm supposed to be Miss Oregon, you make it happen. And... We walk down the stage, and we walk down, and I, I mean, if you see the video, there's five of us, and like every time, because they, they start backwards, and so they're like, okay, fourth runner-up, and every time I would think fourth runner-up, Abigail Hayes, so I was kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, third runner-up, and then when it came down to the final two, and you can't really tell in the video, but it came down to the final two, me and Allison Burke, the woman who I was talking about, who's just so kind, and I'm holding hands with her, we turn and hold hands, and I just start bawling. And you can't see it in the video, but that's why we're, like, talking. And I just had tears and tears coming down my eyes. And I told her, I was like, Allison, I'm just so happy to be first runner-up. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. And she was like, you're fine, you're fine. And I just started bawling. And then once they announced me, Miss Oregon, Abigail Hayes, 2021, it was just the most unbelievable moment of my life. I can't even explain it and I was just bawling and bawling and as I took my walk down they say go take your first walk and I'm tears coming down my face I look over and I see my parents I've never seen my mom jump that high <laughs> <laughs> that was God <laughs> I look over I see my parents I see my mom jumping and I see my mom crying and I see her going thank you Jesus Come thank on. you Jesus and it was just an amazing amazing moment Amazing, amazing. And who knew that Jill was going to get a contract with the NBA on that same day? <laughs> oh, oh, about the tires. So I needed tires, and they said, you better hurry and go to Les Schwab Tire because as Miss Oregon, they are your sponsor, and they're going to give you brand new tires. Come on! And I don't have to sell my car because I got a scholarship. <laughs> wow. So <clears throat> a couple of things. Uh, just, just hearing your testimony for us, and all of us, first, daughter of the king. So no matter, no matter what badge you wear, no matter what you are pursuing in this life, no matter, no matter the no you hear, no matter what, 
you are a child of the king. So you are sons and daughters of the king. That is amazing. That is amazing. And I want to also say to be reminded for each one of us, the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. God has purpose and plan for every one of us. And with that, now here you are put in a spotlight, and I'm immediately reminded a city on the hill cannot be hidden. Nobody lights a light and puts it under a bushel. We have an opportunity to pray with Abigail as she will have opportunity to let her light shine. She has, she has multiple opportunities, multiple platforms to make a difference. We talked early on just about how you want to be working with teens and how you want to engage in a number of areas, both from an education side, but also in those teens that are marginalized. And so I'm, I'm excited about what is forthcoming because there's some great platforms that you're going to be uh, really talking about and moving forward on. So very excited. So what's, what's next? Because this, this year is totally different. I went into Chipotle where she's been, you've been a manager. Uh, uh, were you, you were the manager there? Okay, one of the managers there. And I went in, and apparently it was her last day, and she had just come in and, you know, said her goodbyes to everybody, and I missed that, and so I walked in. And uh, some of her Chipotle family might be here. They may be watching online. I don't know, but I, it was very, very exciting for me because, like, I know Abigail. I'm losing my microphone. I know Abigail, and I'm like, I said, oh, it, it has Abigail, has she had to quit now? Or I said something like that, and they're like, oh, Abigail, we love her. We love her. Think about this. Staff, manager, we love our manager. That's indicative of the kind of person you are. And so I just want to say thanks for letting your light shine long before Miss Oregon. And now you get to be Miss Oregon. So what's next for Miss Oregon? Something that's amazing that I probably should have mentioned first. As you can see, well, now you can. It's the 100th year of Miss America, which is just absolutely amazing. Um, so next is really just preparing for Miss America. Um, I will be going to, so Miss America has three programs. There's the princess program, which is five through 12, the teen. So I have a teen and we're kind of sisters now. Um, so I'll be going to Orlando to support her at her Miss America's Outstanding Teen competition. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, working on my platform. And my, the title of my platform is Generation Next, Equity for the Underserved. And I really am focused on my passion. I mean, before Miss America, my passion has always been youth development. And what I want to focus on is creating education equity for underserved communities, as well as just being a mentor and someone that youth are able to go to. And Amen. yeah, Amen. That's super, super exciting. And um, so many doors are going to open, and you are an inspiration for all the young people to engage also in their communities around, and so very, very excited about that. Okay, so let's do this. It's 1110, and now, Mom, you, you now have a daughter, and you've seen some of the God pieces and a lot of the behind-the-scenes things. Any, any, any thoughts that you would share with the family of God here in relationship to just those amazing God pieces that you've seen and you've seen in your daughter and in your family? There's one key thing. There are two 41s here. 41 years ago, I became Miss Portland. And when I was 41 years old, I had a bad test result come back from the doctor. 
and they called me in for an invasive procedure and they kept asking me all these questions and I thought what 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 I mean I was just confused and then finally when I got in the office it was like come this way we're gonna give you a pregnancy test and so I'm just chatting 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 well I could be pregnant I don't think I'm pregnant blah 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 so I go back to the waiting room and all of a sudden I hear these happy feet the nurse she is happy and she walks into my room and she says Mrs. Hayes you're pregnant and I just about fell off the chair so <laughs> in that journey I called my husband who I think did fall off the chair and <laughs> Uh, but I want to tell you what the doctor said. The doctor came in and she said, don't get too excited. Most women your age will not carry that baby. And um, I called my own mother, my, my mother, and she literally spoke fear and death over this pregnancy. I called my precious mother-in-law. And she said, in the name of Jesus, you're going to have that baby. And she's going to be beautiful. And there aren't going to be any problems. And that is this girl. And amen. Praise God. Wow. Praise God. When you said 241s, I thought you were going to say on the second one, and Pastor Dave's age. <laughs> okay. Jill, thank you. Dennis. Pastor Dennis, dad, you've watched, you've seen, you've seen the behind the scenes, you've seen even when, you know, something doesn't go the way I hoped it went, you, you, you know the personality, you know, even that half in, oh, I don't deserve, you know all those pieces, thoughts, God moments, a story. You bet. First of all, I want to say that my wife was Miss Portland which makes me Mr. Portland. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> now, um, so, um, okay, let me <laughs> go back on. It's important as parents that we continually pray for our children, you know, even when they're in the womb. Pray for your children. Continually pray. And there's times when your children, they believe they know what's best or they don't want to do what you believe that God, well, God has shown you what they're supposed to do. And continually speak life into your children. And that's with Abigail. There's times when she feels like, oh, I don't know. But as a parent, you muted yourself. <laughs> but as a parent, you need to say, keep going. Keep going. Because sometimes kids, you know, they don't see the, the future like you might have because God, and you, well, let me say this also, God knows that you know your children very well. You know what they love, what they don't love, their weaknesses, their strengths, and you need to come alongside always and encourage them because they can do far more than many times what they think they can do. But they need someone, parents, to encourage them to keep going when they're tired. Keep going. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, <laughs> well, when in the midst of all this, I felt like the Lord was saying that 
it would be one time through and we're done. We wouldn't be coming back next year and the next year. This is her first um, time going through, and I felt my spirit, it's done. We're, you're going to win this, and we're going to go to Miss America. And it's not, you know, next year. It's one and done. So who knows? We, we pray for the days ahead. And when is the Miss America competition? Is that December? Yes, they believe it's right after December. Second week of December. So family, we just get to be praying for our sister. Amen? <clears throat> her platform and her light that, that radiates. Um, I've known Abigail 17 years. And one of the, well, minus the years she put my wife in jail, but... She did occasionally give me a key, and so I could get her. But uh, I've known her all these years, and kindness would be a word that I would use if I had to choose one word. Kindness would be that word. A person who is humble and in her humility. I mean, even, even just walking around with the girls at Seaside, not needing to put, you know, not, I don't have to put my makeup on. I'll just put the oversized hoodie on and not saying anything when someone says, you know, hey, will you take my picture with these? <laughs> I just think it's just, it's, it's a picture of who you are, and it's a beautiful, beautiful description. And each one of us, God has us on a path and a journey. I'm reminded two scriptures, and then we're going to close in a word of prayer. And Miss Oregon and Miss Portland uh, will, you know, if you want to get, if you have some kids here and you want to get pictures, can they take photos with you? That'd be great. So we'll find a space out there and you guys can get some photos with our sister. <clears throat> two scriptures that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote uh, while he was uh, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, a familiar scripture to m many of us. I'm confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, he shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so for Abigail, for Jill, for Dennis, and for each one of us, God is performing a good work in us. Amen. And the second, of course, is that God orders the footsteps of the righteous. So that if you and I will listen, I heard Abigail say this, I heard Jill say this, and I heard Dennis say this multiple times, the prompting of the Spirit of God, the prompting of the Spirit of God, the prompting of the Spirit of God. And if you and I will follow through with the promptings of the Spirit in our lives, we will be having our footsteps ordered of the Lord. Amen. And we will have an impact on people because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so I just want to encourage you, Abigail, I want to say thanks. Jill, I want to say thanks. Pastor Dennis, I want to say thanks. Can we just say thank you to these this morning for whether it's a warm, warm handshake? Yeah. So you've heard probably a half a dozen or more sermons that I would be happy to elaborate on. <laughs> but we're going to pray this morning. And my heartbeat for each of us, if you have a need this morning, we have a prayer team that will be meeting right over here uh, on the south uh, corner beside the drums here, that you would come and you would be prayed for. God answers prayer. Can I get an amen? amen. God answers prayer. Our youth are on their way to this retreat. Here's just a quick answer to prayer. We needed transportation. I reserved a van. 
we got the confirmation. I got it on the phone. I got it in my email. Confirmation, the second 15-passenger van, golden. Later, I received a call. We do not know why you received a confirmation. We do not know why they said you'd have a van. You have no van. A little stressful, because that was Wednesday. And I thought, Lord, in a day where there are no available vehicles at any car rental place, I called every single car rental place, nothing available. I actually went to U-Haul to pick up the trailer, and he said, yeah, we've been renting out our trucks for people who can't get vehicles from the rental car places. And they're discovering that our cars are cheaper. <laughs> and I thought, well, you can't help me. You only have cargo vans. And uh, he said, well, no worries. And I said, well, I'm just praying. I'm just praying. He says, well, prayer works. And I said, amen, brother. So I finally called Enterprise back. And I have a couple of history stories with uh, rental car agencies. I've told a couple stories on myself where I misbehaved. But I was behaving well. But the person on the phone, <laughs> they said, I can tell you're not happy. I said, I am not happy. They said, well, I'm going to I said, can I speak to your manager? And they said, the person said, uh, no, he's not here. And I said, well, can I have his number? And they said, no, we don't do that. And I said, can you have your manager call me? And she said, well, maybe he'll call you. And I said, wrong answer. She says, well, I can connect you with customer service. I said, please. I tell the whole story again to customer service. They said, I can tell you are escalated. <laughs> I said, okay, I am escalated. And they said, well, we're going to send you to the escalation department. <laughs> and I'm like, for real? So a guy comes on the phone. His name is Derek. He's in St. Louis. I tell him my story. He says, Mr. Morris, I'm going to call the Clackamas store. He comes back in three minutes. And he says, Mr. Morris, your van will be there. Wow. I said, well, that's what I said. I said, wow. I said, really? And he said, yes, I've talked with Karen. And your van will be there. I said, well, hey, praise the Lord. God answers prayer. And I got off the phone. And, I, well, I told him, I said, I'm getting in my vehicle right now. It's seven minutes from my house, and I'm going to go see the van. So I get off the phone. I hop in the car, and I drive down there. And I walk into the office. I said, is there a Karen here? They said, no, no, no Karen works here. I thought, oh, no. And I, so I go through the whole dissertation with him. It's about my seventh time telling the story. And uh, he says, well, Mr. Morris, David Morris, yeah, Diamond Drive, yeah. He says, well, I have your van. I said, you do? And he said, yeah, would you like to take it now? And I said, kind of. I'd like to have it. <laughs> Possession is nine-tenths of the law, right? And so, so anyway, I... Um, I couldn't do it because Kim had surgery on her foot and she couldn't drive my truck home, so we had a, a number of other errands we had to go. And one of those errands was down off of McLaughlin. So I said, see my face. He's working the next day. He says, no one gets that van but you. And I said, okay, I'm bigger than you, so remember that. Anyway, <laughs> so I get in the car, and I, we'd, Kim is with me. We drive, and the freeway is back-to-back, -back, just bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. And so I said, let's just go through the cross streets. So we made our way through Milwaukee, and we came out 
right, we turned left on the McLaughlin and Enterprise is right on our right hand side. I said, hey, we gotta go find this Karen and say thank you. I mean, I'm now, I was a dissatisfied customer, now I'm a totally satisfied customer. God's answered our prayer. I mean, this is amazing. So I pull in, I go in the office, there's four people working, three ladies, one guy. And I said, this is gonna sound really strange. And I said, I'm only doing this because weeks ago I totally messed up and I got indignant with somebody on the phone only to realize it was my error. I had actually called the wrong car company back. And uh, so I had to take donuts humbly to them and apologize for being, you know, that guy. Anyway, so, so I wanted to go in and just do the right thing and say thank you. So I go in the office, these three ladies, I said, this is gonna sound really weird, but are one of you Karen? And they're like, uh, no, there's no Karen that works here. And I'm like, what? Okay. I said to the guy, are you Karen? <laughs> no Karen. I said, so I told them, just brief story. I said, but hey, I'm a super satisfied guy. I have my van. I'm just going to say it's a God thing. And I walked out. So I get to the car and I said to Kim, I said, Kim, I know the scripture says that sometimes we entertain angels unaware, but I always thought that was going to be kind of a face-to-face -face thing, not over a phone. But I said, I'm pretty convinced now Karen is an angel. <laughs> no one knows who Karen is, and we have a van. And here's the thing. Praise God, we now have full-fledged transportation, and we're on our way to the youth retreat. So you be praying for our youth. Amen? Amen. Well, let's close with a word of prayer. And again, Miss Oregon, thank you. Miss Portland, thank you. Mr. Portland, thank you. <laughs> let's pray together this morning. And again, if you have needs, please come see our prayer ministers. Father, we love you and we thank you, and we're so grateful, God, for the work that you are doing in each one of our lives as sons and daughters of the King. We have a crown, and there's a crown that awaits us, and there's a ceremony that awaits us where we will all be standing, and there will be a bema seat where we will stand before you, and you will give a crown, and we will place, the crown will be placed on our heads, and we are victors in Jesus. King's kids. And so, God, we praise you and we thank you. And we thank you, God, that in each one of us, you are doing a work. We can have confidence that you are doing a work in us. And Lord, may each of our lights so shine before men that they might see our good works and give glory to you. And so, God, we thank you. We ask, Lord, for Abigail in this next year as she, she will be put in front of many, many audiences. Lord, like that city on a hill, may the light of Christ shine brightly through her. Lord, as salty salt, may she be the savor of the room to the glory of God. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you thanks this day. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said a strong amen.